It is a different story here in the locker room of the Ultimate Warrior, the new Intercontinental Champion. And Warrior, you are now a champion of the World Wrestling Hockey Talk, man, you thought it was something like out of a comic book, brother. But we're talking about real life. I was sitting in parts unknown, waiting for the next spaceship to hire planes. And the lightning bolts came down from the sky. And the Warrior spoke, and they said, make it to the garden. Well, the Ultimate Warrior showed, and Hockey Talk, man, you gave the challenge, and the ultimate warrior, and the little warriors with all the painted faces, rose to the challenge, and they conquered. I'm taking all the little warriors through all the darkness and all the pain, and Hockey Talk Man, if you want a piece of me, or anybody thinks, they can take on all the warriors. I'm not hard to find. I'll be on the next spaceship to Barton. No! Oh wait! <laughs> wait, wait! Fuck! What a great song! The Summer Slam Jam. The Undertaker says "Slam." You know, I have to. I uh, so I found that today. Of course, it's Summer Slam Jam. Yes. Uh, I don't know what's it from, 1993? Uh, yeah, exactly. Can't be later than that, because Macho's still there. But uh, yes. but what I enjoy is that those those four wrestlers, being Brett, uh, uh, British Bulldog, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and The Undertaker, who are providing the lyrics. Yes. It's all promos. But uh, there's little shots of the video where they're all in the recording studio with the fucking headphone up to their ear, including Undertaker. Oh, nice. It's all Undertaker who protects his gimmick, but not when he's in the recording studio. No, he's all got the, got the, the fucking headphones on. I love it. Oh, he's all holding it up to his ear, all fucking talking That's to right. the mic, all, rest in peace. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck, it's a mezzanine sleepover, buddies, and it's, episode, yeah. it's episode 100. Hey, look at that. Um, it's, a, it's a celebration, yeah. apparently. Uh, yes, we're going to do something we've never done before. On the sleepover today, uh, we uh, are going to talk wrestling because <laughs> we didn't do that in episode ninety nine. Nope. No. And and a whole and also we're going to talk about SummerSlam, uh, a pay per view that we have never covered except for twice. Yeah, we covered ninety one and ninety two so far. Uh, did we do ninety one as well? Yes, we did. Oh, then we've done it three times because we also did ninety nine. Oh, that's right. So we're, this is the our fourth SummerSlam. Our fourth SummerSlam because it is. Well, it's well. It's August fourteenth when you're listening to this, and SummerSlam is coming up. So yeah, on the mezzanine sleepover with your pals. I am uh, one of them. My name is uh, at Slip with five eyes or Slip. I'm at MegaMix.com, and I'm getting hyped for SummerSlam. I'm not. The Slam? No, I'm, 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 I'm more hyped for talking about SummerSlam '88. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna keep my. Um, 
I'm going to keep my WWE Network subscription for the time being. I was actually thinking about postponing it until the Rumble just because I don't really watch it right now. And I, there's just there's too much goodness elsewhere to uh, to watch. But, you know, Ooh, a big a shock, a revelation. I know a sleepover that you might that you might uh, you you've kind of uh, you've kind of uh, you know taken on some 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 new wrestling as your favorite. Well, I've had the network since it started. Like the very fucking first day it was available, I uh, I managed to to get my my mitts on it, even though I was in Canada. I used uh, yep. nefarious tactics. Yes, you did. I used my uh, my winter residence in Minneapolis to sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for, for, for the network, but, uh, and I've enjoyed it, but, you know, there's only so many times you can run through the stuff, and, and the, they haven't uploaded enough, uh, old content at this point recently that I, that I'm dying to see, but anyways, I'm not getting rid of it yet. I mean, I peeked in, I peeked in, kind of, uh, piggyback on your account from time to time. And, and <laughs> look at this on the sleepover, <laughs> all such nefarious schemes. Yep. Um, no, yeah, and I, I definitely will agree, like, I thought, like, at first, I'm like, oh, this is going to rule so much. And I was like, ah, this is all right. It's not bad. Don't get me wrong. When you need something to watch, I mean, there's always something, right? Can you imagine if we had this fucking network when we were uh, when we were teenagers when we'd have to fucking scrounge up free video wins at uh, Windsor oh. Video to get our hands on, like, <laughs> SummerSlam 93 for the fifth time? Oh, uh, we'd never leave the house. We'd all rent a tape, <laughs> bring it home. So exciting. Yeah. And now it was so exciting, and then we tape some of it sometimes. Yeah, and now they just have everything on the network, and and for cheaper too. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's it's been. Uh, I th- this week I I took a peek in, and uh, you know watched a bit of uh, Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh yeah, what'd you think? God, it's terrible. Oh, terrible. of course. I mean that's that's right in the heart of fucking Russo, right? Oh my God, it's so bad. Uh, so the other wrestling, of course, that's been taking up a lot of my time is, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. And, uh, the G1 tournament, which, uh, concluded, uh, today in Japan, yes. uh, the show was on at 2 a.m. Eastern time, and I didn't watch, uh, any of it until this evening, but I ended up watching the final of the G1, and uh, I watched so a couple of matches. A f- spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so they do two blocks of ten wrestlers. And yep. it's and it's round robin, so each guy has nine matches, and it's two points for a win and and one point for a draw and zero for a loss, Jesus. obviously. Yep. And they wrestle over the course of about about three weeks, I guess, is uh, how it works. So uh, block A was won by Tetsuya Naito, uh, who yep. is uh, he's been around for a long time, and he beat Hiroshi Tanahashi, who's awesome because I mean for many reasons, but ma- mainly because he plays the title belt like a guitar. So that's Excellent. awesome. Uh, so anyway, C1 block A. Block B came down to uh, the final fucking Omega Okada 3, yep. which happened on Saturday night, and it was fucking unbelievable again. Yeah. Like, it may be... There's Everybody kind of, I think, has their opinion on which one is the best match of the three. Yeah. I I think the third one is the best one. I, they're all great, but what makes the third one good is it, it ends in, you know, 27 minutes. And I, I don't mind, like, the 43-minute or whatever, or the 46-minute first match and the 60-minute draw. Like, they're not hard to watch at all. They're fucking great. Well, but the fact that this one, you know, 27 minutes is all the fucking the fucking tightest of all uh, the matches. Super snug. Yeah, just, just, just nonstop action. Yeah, it was great. Like, it was solid. I, I think Meltzer's going to give it five stars. 
Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's easily four and a half. Easily. Well, what you give the last one? Six? Six, and then the first one was six, and the second one was six and a quarter. So maybe he goes to seven. Yeah, uh, I don't know if he liked it as much. Uh, hey, I know Alvarez did. Alvarez loved it. WWF marks will be so mad. I know. Well, well then... They'll fucking... get so, so riled up. So then... About, about one dude's ratings, by the way. I know, right? They just don't have to read them. Yeah. And by the way, the the thing is, they can get mad. They can get as mad as they want, but he's right. Yeah. Like it's so much better. And I you I know watched me. the first two, they were tremendous. Like over the course of time, I've always been a WWF loyalist. When it was the yeah. when it was the Monday Night Wars and even with ECW and all that shit, you know, I I watched enough WCW, but I thought that WWF was the better product. Course. It was just more entertaining. You know, the, the, the matches weren't weren't always better. Like match quality wise, WWF WCW. Like the, the ECW matches were garbage. Let's let's be ECW honest. ECW was bad. Uh WWF's main events were always better than WCW's, but WCW's undercard was always better. But WWF always I felt was I mean not not by a long shot, but it had it was it was better booking. Um the the characters on top for me were more compelling. Yep. And and eventually, when the when the Monday Night War got really lopsided, I just thought they were they were way better. They were way better than WCW. Um, yes. But but this is New Japan's just a better product. It's not better production. You know, it's no. not it's not terrible production, but it's certainly not even close to what WWF does or WWE. No. But it's it's good production, and the wrestling is it's like it's off the charts. Like this is the this is the best wrestling I've ever seen. So. Yeah, uh, I was talking to our pal Stu about it because we went to Raw and SmackDown this week. Yes, and I said, right. and he he just uh, subscribed to New Japan World, so he's about to watch. And I said, like the only thing with so many good matches is that you know back in the day when there was a four star hard match, you'd remember it forever. Yes, I, I can't even remember in this tournament the matches because they're all that good. <laughs> like nice. you could you could watch any of these shows and be like, holy fuck. Uh, but anyways, uh, so Naito and Omega in the finals and, uh, Naito won. And that match, I thought that match was better than Omega Okada 3. Like the so match. Omega beat Okada in, in, in the, in the dummy match. Yes. Yeah, he won his well, block. Well, not really. I guess it really wasn't. No, he won, he Okada won his won block. won the first one. They did a draw in the second one. Yeah. So really, they, they have to go again. Uh, they, yeah, at some point they probably will. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Naito wins, uh, the G1. He beat Kenny Omega today. And that match was fucking unbelievable. So like, is that I did see a uh, a clip of a some kind of a top rope move that was crazy. Was oh, that the, from the, the, from top the final? Rope, yeah, the top rope per Karana. Oh Jesus! So before that, like the to set sickening. to set that spot up, um, Omega was draped over the top rope, and Okada came up to superplex him, and fucking yep. Omega all DDT'd him on the fucking post behind the <laughs> behind the turnbuckle. That was the fucking setup to that fucking thing. Jesus. Like honestly, the only down the, the only downside to this to this wrestling is that these guys like there's there there's no way you can keep up this pace. Like you can't. You're yeah. like so many guys like they don't do um chair shots to the head or anything like that. At least not in this tournament. I know they they do some in other things, but this yeah. tournament didn't have that. But so many like really like brutal suplexes on the neck. You know, falling on your shoulders and your head, like you. There's going to be long-term effects of this down the road. Oh yeah, but uh, they fucking went for it like crazy, and it was it, like I said, it was ridiculously good. Like if you if you uh, can navigate through 
broken English at New Japan World and, uh, you know, like pay, and you're a wrestling fan, pay the 10 bucks and just see this stuff. Like just to go back and watch the G1 is crazy. And the last two events, fuck, so good. So nice. anyways, so that's, that's what that I have to say. That was on SmackDown. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what happened on those shows. Uh, I don't pay attention anymore. Uh, Anything see. interesting? SmackDown was better. So SmackDown was the better show, but the problem was that all the main guys ended up just cutting promos. Ah. Uh, they did a dark match at the end with like Nakamura and Kevin Owens and AJ Styles to give the fans something. But yeah. uh, but all those dudes didn't wrestle on the actual show. Uh, so that was ah. kind of bad, but the, but the show was still better. Raw, Raw had some okay stuff, but, uh, eh, I don't know. I, I mean, I was, I was good to go. It was, it was, you know, entertaining enough. I don't know if I'll do any more tapings. There's just too many commercial breaks. Yeah. Like, you, like you, they, they, you go to these fucking live shows, right? And when there's a commercial in real life, there's a commercial in the arena. So yep. sometimes they go to break when there's a match. And yeah. the match continues, but it's so, such clear filler. Yeah. So, like so many like uh, uh, spots where the dudes all laying outside of the ring, getting counted out, and then slides back in, and they're just rest holds. But um, rest hold. but then there are other ones where you know a match will end, or or like they'll they'll have someone come to the ring for their match, and then they'll have to stand there like a fucking dork, waiting through <laughs> a commercial break for the next person. And on the on the video screen in the arena. They play a bunch of commercials, but most of them are for the fucking WWE network. And I'm thinking, why are you advertising this? To, like, I guess obviously you are because these are people most likely to buy. But what did you think most of the people have it? I guess so. I don't really know. Like, I would you know? think that most of the people that go to wrestling shows probably have the network. You'd think so. This organization, though, clings so like these. They advertise themselves more with guys who don't wrestle anymore. Than guys oh, yeah. who do, like this this fucking network, they should be out there being like, you know, we've got, we've we've got all the old content, which is great, but you know, we're putting up new content too, and then get rid of these fucking TV shows that only Vince McMahon could love. Like they wanted, <laughs> they, they wanted to produce a game show hosted by r Truth, a fucking oh, game show. So no. they've they've stopped a whole bunch of them. Like they've they, I think they've they've uh, lost some money, and so they don't want to produce all these shows, which makes sense. Like produce wrestling. Yep. And you've got NXT. You've got, you started a UK thing. Like they did a whole tournament in the UK. They crowned a champion. They did like yeah. one follow-up show and they've done nothing since. It's so strange, right? I mean, I, I like coming up, it's like, well, we need lots of content. It's like, you have lots of content. I know. It's like Netflix, right? They all just keep pushing out shows and now they're $20 billion in debt. Yeah. It's like, so stop. Yeah, like, you know, or spend your money negotiating deals with uh, distributors and in and, and the production companies, and you know, like that's yep. that's get that content put on. Like, I get that Netflix has like Netflix, the shows that they produce, a whole bunch of them are really fucking good, obviously. Yep. But you know, you know which ones work. Like, maybe introduce like one or two a year. <laughs> I don't. It's know. all the time. You go into your queue, yeah. and it's just all Netflix shows. Yep. And after a while, you're just like, ah, I'm done. No, thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, yeah. So then the other thing that we noticed with uh, Raw and SmackDown and these ads. 
So they have, they're putting out all these kids movies. It's all, it's cartoons with WWF superstars and fucking Flintstones, Jetsons, and Scooby-Doo. Oh, I've seen, I've seen a lot of those uh, in stores and stuff. And we're just like, <laughs> there, there was other products and, and things that they pushed as well. And we just thought, does it, is it just a thing where like anybody comes up to them and they're like, Hey, we've got an app or we want to do a cartoon. And they're like, sounds good. They don't even yeah. listen to what it is. They're just like, fucking A. So I many. Saw one that was like some kind of one of those penguin type movies. Oh yeah, like, that's right. Well, the rest or something. Yeah, and all the wrestlers are penguins. <laughs> and then and then they have fucking games like uh, apps where like one of them is Candy Crush basically, but you wrestle. Oh Jesus Christ! It's just like they they have to fucking slap their brand on every piece of shit uh, game that's that's out there. <laughs> it's all about the money, brother. It feels like they'll say yes to anything. Like it really does. So well, we should we should pitch them something. We should. Hey, uh, hey, the, you, we should sell them the whoop ass library. Is what we should do. Oh, uh, if we could, what do you think? If we could get like five bucks for it, it'd be gone. Oh, absolutely. They get it for free if they want to put it on their network. <laughs> Here, take it. I'll sign over. We'll sign it all over. Fuck. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if many any, many people would be would watch that though. Um, maybe, maybe it'd just be we be like we we got an audience of like eight dudes. Yeah, yeah. On your network. Yeah, so, and, and eight dudes and, and only two of which have actually, like, watched this consistently. Like, other guys don't, don't care about it and they were in it. I know! So, and we're, we're doing a reunion with those guys and you're cooking up something, right? I'm cooking up something. I'm cooking something up. Um, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure out the, 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 the breadth of it, but I'll definitely have everything to watch. Well, that's um, good. But I am trying to get I'm trying to get something together as a, as a special feature. Uh, so we. So have... I did I did have uh, before we proceed. I wanted to. Um, I've been kind of getting into something. I've turned into a super dork because um, I guess a few months back I read I read one of these Star Wars novels. Oh yeah. And I, I read it was about Tarkin, and I was like, "All right, this is pretty good." And I liked it because I I, I would look and it's it's. You know, it's part of the canon, right? So Disney has been like, has deemed it, yep. like part of the canon, and then everything else is called legends. And I don't give a shit about any of it. I don't want like fake stories that that they don't, you know, that have nothing to do with the movies, right? So I was, uh, as uh, you know, a few months ago on a, on a, as a rib, I'm like, oh, I'll just buy one of these aftermath novels. So I bought the first aftermath novel, which is like takes place after Return of the Jedi. Okay. And it's about, like, you know, the war doesn't end when the Death Star 2 blows up. It continues on for years, you know, like, the, the Empire, you know, finally, you know, kind of kind of is taken down, but it takes a while. And um, so I, I, I read that one. And then for my birthday, I got my, you know, my mom and I told my mom, I'm like, well, I'll get some Star Wars books. <laughs> so then I got the, sec- the, the second and the third Aftermath books. Plowed through those, because the Aftermath series is three books. It takes you to essentially what you know, the the battle of, of Jakku, where you see the remnants of it in in Force Awakens. Yeah, and it, it's pretty fucking awesome. There's this fucking character in these in these three movies. The only one really that that well, they're not first movies, of all, they're not movies, they're books. Sorry, books, novels. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're movies in my head. Yep. <laughs> but um, one of the characters is in Force Awakens. It's uh, it's one of the pilots. And so he's young in this because it's you know 15, 20 years before. But um, there's this fucking there's this fucking droid named Mister. It's it's all built by this by this kid, 
it's all it's all an old, an old battle droid. I'll I'll re, I'll uh, reformat it. He's all Mister Bones, and he's so savage, but he's all Roger Roger. Oh, so good, so awesome. Roger Rogers. And then I read fucking Bloodline, which is like, you know, years after aftermath, the last aftermath, where it's all where it's all about 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 Leia, but then it's all like. You you all know Kylo's Kylo's all out training with Luke. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, so that was pretty good. And then I uh, and then I just picked up. <laughs> then I got then I got super dork. And again, I'm like, I'm sticking only to the canon. So I all I all got uh, the the prequel to Rogue One. It's like a, a lead up book, but then it's all the the worst one that I bought. It's all it's all um, Lords of the Sith, and it's all. <laughs> It's all the Emperor and Vader all hanging out, all kind of post Revenge of the Sith. They all getting into adventures, but it's pretty fucking good. And Vader's a pretty much a badass. So when, it's pretty you, good. when are you going to get? Uh, are they going to have a series called the fucking Three PO Adventures that you're going to pick up, or what? You know, Three PO is in Bloodline like hard, and, <laughs> and 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 it's it's a little bit maddening. But I texted you a while ago about there's one interlude in the uh, Aftermath, Empire's End, the third novel in the Aftermath series, where it's all one chapter about Jar Jar Binks, like 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 25 years in the future or whatever, uh, or or 30 years from 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 uh, you know from Revenge of the Sith, and it's just so maddening to see him and the the dude all puts him in the book just to kind of show you where Jar Jar Binks is at. But it's kind of cool because he's all like an exile. Good because of his role because of his role in like supporting Palpatine. Well, he's a piece of shit. That's why he's a he's all walking idiot. around. He's about He's all on Naboo while homeless, all acting like a clown for kids. <laughs> all right, I'm Jar Jar Binks. Uh, so, anyways, this uh, what we're going to talk about today has nothing to do with George Lucas or Star Wars. Uh, no, it does not. We're going There's back, like literally no way we can tie it together. We're going back to wrestling and uh, with SummerSlam 2017 coming up that we are not at all interested in we've got nope. uh we're gonna go back to the very beginning and talk about SummerSlam 88 and that was the actual name of the show yeah the first ever and they they gave it the date so good for them yeah so SummerSlam 88 took place in 1988 <laughs> of course <laughs> it did august uh what august 29th Something. august 29th 1988 uh in madison yep. square garden so wwf at the time uh they had Three pay-per-views in, uh, they, they've had WrestleMania for now. At this point, they've had it four times. Yes. Uh, the previous year in the fall, they began, uh, Survivor Series. Yes, they uh, did. Then in, uh, did they have the first Royal Rumble was 89, right? Well, the first, the first oh, the Royal pay-per-view. Rumble was on USA Network in 1988. Yeah. Live from Hamilton. Yeah. So they did a Royal Rumble in 1988, but it was not yet a pay-per-view. And then in the summer, they had a, you know, a long void in the summer. So they decided that they would do another pay-per-view right in the fucking middle of the summer. And they called it Summer Slam. And, uh, the first one was from Madison Square Garden. Yes. Uh, so we, we watched it. (laughs) I've watched it many times over the years. I, uh, I haven't watched it. You know, the one that I always, like, I don't remember a lot from Summer Slam 88, save for a couple of things that we'll talk about. But, um, SummerSlam 89 is the one that I don't know, like, I don't remember much about. No. I just haven't really watched it a lot. SummerSlam 90 was, like, my first one where I was, like, I would watch it all the time on, on tape. So, when it gets to SummerSlam 90 time, it's like that I can recite things from, from memory. 
Um, but this one is more of like, you know, it took me a few years into my fandom to, to watch it. And, uh, I mean, it's not a great show. No. But it's got some, it's got, it's got its moments. I watched this. Um, I was originally like going to watch it on the DVD and I couldn't find the fucking SummerSlam, uh, you know, anthology there. The, the first, the first set, I couldn't find it. I was like, where the hell is this thing? I was looking around. I'd taken a lot of DVDs back and forth from the lake. So I, I didn't really know. So I, you know, I logged into the network and I, I watched it. But of course I, I kept getting punted out every, you know, 15 minutes. Cause I don't know, I guess on, 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 on what, I don't know what it does, but it, unless I, unless I get really lucky, I can't watch for a sustained amount of time any, anything, which is fine. Cause I'm doing it on the sly. But, uh, so I got an interesting perspective cause I saw a lot of things I wouldn't have seen on the DVD. So I was excited. Um, then today I found the DVD. So. Oh, well, there, there you go. go. Uh, so yeah, some interesting stuff before we get into the actual card. Uh, yes. the original plan for SummerSlam was to bring Ric Flair over from the NWA to the WWF. I know. Uh, Amazing. Vince, Vince McMahon had a plan that Flair was going to come over and challenge Randy Savage for the championship. But uh, I guess NWA was uh, about to be sold to yep. Ted Turner. Yeah. And Flair didn't want to mess that up. And Ted Turner mm-hmm. uh, wasn't going to buy it without Flair, which makes sense. Why would you? Yep. And so everything kind of stayed intact. And uh, as a result, uh, they had to find another main event. Yes. Uh, so in, uh, let's see here, WrestleMania 4, which happened about four months before this, was the tournament gorilla. The tournament. And yeah. uh, the tournament was won by Macho Man, who won the vacated WWF championship. And behind the scenes, one of the reasons he won it is because uh, Hulk Hogan was taking time off, uh, primarily to film a very bad movie called No Holds Barred. <laughs> and so right. uh, with Hogan gone, Macho Man kind of carried the Fed. And so they come up to SummerSlam and, uh, you know, Macho Man's still feuding with Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant, the two big heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so he, uh, and, and he eventually challenges them to a tag team match at SummerSlam. For yeah. against him and uh, a special partner of his. <laughs> like, do you think anybody was like, "I wonder who it is"? <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, he's. It's very since about what? Um, so about 1987. Let's say, like, what summer of 87, fall of 87. He's been in mega powers with Hulk Hogan. Yes, Hulk Hogan, who. Helps him win the title. Yes. So he's and like, who they, can yeah. my partner be? Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was Hulk Hogan. Yes. They, uh, they, he announced it, you know, a few weeks before, obviously, because they're going to promote it, uh, beforehand. Yes. So it ended up being Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage against, uh, uh, billed as the Mega Powers against Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant, the Mega Bucks. Amazing. And best, uh, best tag team names ever. So that's uh, the main event, but there was other stuff on this card. Now, before we get into it, is there any any like specific notes you want to mention? No, I mean, there's uh, I, I like the I like the the network broadcast is great. I enjoy the seeing the commercials for Lalonde against uh, against uh, Leonard. So that'll be fun to talk about. Yep. Um, uh, you know, there's not. Not too much of note for me, uh, except for you know to 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 a callback to the intro. God, I hate the Ultimate Warrior. 
Oh, yes, so, of course. So I, I will have things to say. Um, no, for me, this is all about Mega Powers versus Mega Bucks, to be honest. Uh, so uh, I got my notes, so uh, I'll go through them. Yeah. I do not have the Meltzer ratings. Uh, I do know that if you uh, someone took the average ratings for all of the Summer Slams yes. by Meltzer, and this one ranked in the bottom three. So, and really, with good <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah, the match quality is pretty poor. I also can't wait to talk about Ken Patera, so well, that'll be fun. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we start off right away with a shot of the World Trade Center. Yep. Uh, then they tell us, and I'd, I, I mean, I knew this, but I hadn't been thinking about it. In this main event, they needed a special guest referee. Yes, they did. And so they chose Jesse the Body Ventura, a heel commentator. Yes. Uh, to to referee the match. And I realized right away, oh, fuck, it's not Jesse doing commentary, which nope. that was the thing I was looking forward to the most when I was going to turn this on. I'm like, all right, another three hours of Jesse, you know? Yep. Is it Jesse? No is, it, is it Jesse and McMahon or Jesse and Monsoon? So no, no fucking uh, Jesse. So we get Gorilla Monsoon uh, uh, yep. kind of uh, giving the big uh, welcome to SummerSlam. <laughs> and then he's joined by fucking superstar Billy Graham terrible like this this is one of the worst it's um, it's not good worst teams in commentary i've ever heard um superstar billy graham i was just fascinated though by when i when i started watching this and they show superstar billy graham who i i remember you know seconding morocco in 1988 at wrestlemania 4 um and seeing him you know the, the you know bald with his tie-dye shirt jive talking constantly which is hilarious but um I, I find it interesting because this is a guy who was a former wwf champion yep um you know kind of the bleach blonde you know muscular dude who then re- who who left the federation went around did some you know uh, i don't know if he was in an awa and maybe a bit of nwa and then came back in like a karate gimmick yes all with a bald head and a stash and like karate pants <laughs> yes and then left again and then came back as some kind of like you know, kind of like a combination of the two gimmicks. Um, so yeah, he's he's terrible. He's terrible on commentary. I mean, he's obsessed with 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 fucking muscles. Yes, he is. So so you know that you're gonna get. You know, he's he's very high on the powers of pain in this event. So so we we'll get a, 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 you know we we'll get some good commentary from him on that. And but, uh, uh, yeah, it's I didn't you even... know without somebody without somebody to kind of temper monsoon. Monsoon's fucking terrible. He's one of the worst. But when you have somebody to kind of play off of him, it's good. But oh my god. I didn't even do a count, but I bet you that uh, Billy Graham said the word brother 200 times. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I am not exaggerating. Oh god. Like, it's it's hard to... You know, it's hard enough. I remember, like, if I if I go down the, 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 the list of when I was watching wrestling, and I, and I go through it, I mean, for me... Um, I always found it hard to have Piper on commentary because I was just like, I can't stand Piper um, on commentary. I was going to say, I, one, I, of, I one of your top terrible. wrestlers of all time. He is. Well, he was in my top five, but I can't stand him on commentary. He's terrible. Um, and then, you know, Monsoon's pretty bad. And, you know, Mick Meng is pretty bad. But my God, Billy Graham is like a whole other, a whole other level. Oh, well. I mean... Why could I was wishing that it was Sam Martino, you know, where he's all just silent <laughs> he and then like talks anything. during the replay. So yeah. Anyway, it's pretty bad. So uh, 
so we get the first match. It's the fabulous Rougeau brothers. At this point, they're still just the Rougeaus, right? Against the British Bulldogs. Oh, they're fabulous Rougeau brothers. They are. They've uh, got their little flags. They have not yet uh, located to Memphis, but they are saying that they're going to. So they bring out the little U.S. flags. Uh, a fantastic gimmick, by the way. Uh, they're taking on the British Bulldogs, and um, I love everything about this match. So let's go through it. The British Bulldogs being uh, billed as being from England. <laughs> like, from England, the British Bulldogs. All right. Uh, so uh, the British Bulldogs bring out their dog again, Matilda. And again, oh, it's too bad Jesse's not there to fucking cut promos. On the, on dog. the mangy dog, but yeah. I but I do love how they have this little platform. They they have this bulldog, like this large English bulldog, yeah. and and they have this little platform that they just they fucking sit the dog on, and I, I imagine this sits there with a leash and pets the dog <laughs> to keep him <laughs> calm. And throughout the match, like a dog, so a like a dog, especially like I I would imagine I'm guessing that the bulldogs weren't the dog's owner, because no. a dog when the owner is in jeopardy is gonna react like it's at least gonna bark if you remember danny oh god we would like we would like wrestle around in the basement and danny would bark so savagely yeah the dog would get bark so mad. He'd, he'd get upset he hated me. with the with the you know with all their the commotion because dogs don't like that stuff not matilda matilda fucking no sold this whole match <laughs> She's the undertaker of, uh, of fucking uh, of, of uh, wrestling pets. Uh, so Bulldogs uh, start the match out totally on fire. Uh, oh yeah, and the crowd's hot. It's an MSG crowd, and they're they're hot right out of the gate. Um, and of course, how can you not be with with these two tag teams? They're both tremendous. Uh, Dynamite is just fucking jacked to the gills. Oh, I know. Which I find astounding because you know, like what. A year earlier, the dude couldn't wrestle. Oh, I know. And now he's fucking back, all bigger than ever. Yeah, but this is his last uh, hurrah. I think this is his last match on, uh, like, at least uh, pay per view match. Uh, yeah. So they, uh, so the Bulldogs uh, have the like have the advantage for like the first ten minutes. It's all British Bulldogs. You know, the story yeah. of this match is essentially that, uh, and and it's usual for a tag match. The the baby faces are just superior to the heels. And eventually the heels will cheat and, and get the advantage, right? Yep. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon says that Matilda knows what it's like to have the gold in the family. And I wrote, how would she know that? She wasn't around. <laughs> they won the titles like two years before this when they didn't have that fucking dog. Yeah. So how would the dog know? Well, maybe they had the dog at their, at their uh, you know, their tag team house that they shared. <laughs> and so they'd bring, after a hard day's work, they'd bring home the belts. And Matilda and, you know, would know. Matilda being a dog would, like, smell them. Yes, of course. Uh, so the Rougeos <laughs> finally get some heat after about ten minutes with with some cheating. Uh, oh, God, yeah. And it's it's glorious watching the Rougeos work. I mean, uh, there was a, a few spots that I enjoyed. Uh, at one point, um, I believe Ray... At one point, Ray Rougeau goes for, like, a monkey flip. And... Uh, and uh, Dynamite all headbutts him in the dack. So then later, it's all the same thing. Davey Boy goes for the monkey flip, and they all kick him in the dack. Yep. Awesome. Uh, the, uh, where did I get? Oh, so uh, Davey gets his leg worked on for a long time, but he finally gets a hot tag to Dynamite. Now, before this happens, though, I have to say, so when the Bulldogs are on, on fire at the start, there's a spot where, uh, a usual spot where the ref's back is turned and the faces make a tag. 
Yes. And the referee doesn't see it, so he stops the tag, right? Well, in this case, they they don't tag. They make a switch out without uh, tagging. The Bulldogs do. And the ref turns around, and he's like, was there a tag? And they're like, yeah, there was a tag. And then I think it's uh, Dynamite Kid's on the apron, and he all, like, uh, panders to the crowd to lie for him. (laughs) I thought, that's not a good lesson for the kids. Uh, These kids watch Hulk Hogan. Yeah, of course. That's right. You know, so really, the bar is set pretty fucking low. uh, Later on in the match, by the way, the heels do the same thing. They do a switch out when the ref isn't looking. The ref allows it. And then when they ask the the crowd, and the crowd's like, they didn't tag. (laughs) So good. Uh, So uh, the Bulldogs eventually, uh, there's a a hot tag. um, But, uh, uh, sorry, a hot tag to uh, Dynamite, who goes crazy for a while. But then he gets cut off. And at yeah. this point, when he got cut off and they kind of go back to the heels working over the baby face, I thought to myself, because oh, I'd forgotten the end, but I'm like, this is going to That's a time right. limit. Time limit draw, yeah. Like, this has got to be going to a time limit. So, uh, eventually, uh, Jacques puts, uh, Davy, or sorry, Dynamite Kid in an abdominal stretch. But I love with heels where when they apply, uh, when they apply submission holds, they all aren't technically sound. Nope. <laughs> Never. They never nope. can apply the hold, like, completely properly. So in this case, he doesn't get the leg completely hooked for the dom- abdominal stretch. No, so you can power out of it. Yeah, because heels have to cheat. They don't have the same skills as baby faces. <laughs> no, they, 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 they can't get by on skill alone. They have to get by on cunning. Uh, Matilda's still no-selling. Yep. <laughs> uh, finally, still just hanging out. I know, right? Uh, another hot tag to Davey, who goes crazy. He fucking uh, picks Jacques, up in a, Jacques Rougeau up in a press slam. And I'll dump some crotch first on the top rope, which doesn't happen a lot in the 80s. And the fucking arena goes crazy. Yeah, again, hot crowd. Uh, the Bulldogs get their um, press slam headbutt combination, but uh, time expires and we have a draw. Tremendous opener. Yeah, a 20-minute time limit draw. Match? They just threw these guys out and were like, let's just get some action to start the show off hot. Well, I quite enjoyed after the match when... The Bulldogs are all mad, but the Rougeaus are all hugging each other, celebrating that they tied. Because <laughs> heels are happy with not losing, but but faces are all sad because they didn't win. Exactly. It's so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I guess this, I, I, it wouldn't be long after this, though, that uh, these teams clash in real life. Oh, and, that's right. Uh, after, a, after a rib, I believe. And I don't know. I can't remember the whole story. That then Jacques Rougeau punches uh, Dynamite Kid in the mouth with a fistful of quarters <laughs> in real life, knocking all his teeth out. Because uh, I can just imagine how fucking annoying that, like, like any of these guys would be in real life towards each other. That's great. Yep. Dynamite Kid, though, was an asshole, so fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. Like, he was a great wrestler, but he was a fucking dickbag. Yep. So, good. Yep. Uh, good. So, Way to go, Jacques. So, they show... Uh, now they show... Uh, so in this event and on the video cassette, they yes. advertise an intercontinental title match between a champion Honky Tonk Man and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Ugh. But there is an incident with Brutus Beefcake uh, that takes place on Superstars of Wrestling, a show that was on Saturday mornings for children. Yep. Where he is attacked by outlaw Ron Bass, who is like a, a, basically a cowboy. A fat cowboy with big fat tights. Black tights. <laughs> uh, so he comes in when uh, the beefer is beating up on a jobber. <laughs> and he fucking proceeds to, A, 
strangle Beefcake with a, a, a whip. Yep. Like, totally not allowed on TV these days, on WWF television. Just nope. fucking strangling him. And then he takes his spurs and starts fucking cutting Beefcake. I think legit in the forehead. Oh, yeah. It gives him a hell of a blade job with the spurs. So then they put this X over the screen that says censored, and it all covers nothing. <laughs> You just see Beefcake all bleeding. And this was on Saturday morning. Yep. Now, they uh, they then announced that Beefcake is not able to wrestle because of this. And I thought to myself, you know, you, you kind of just got cut up. Like, it's not like you broke a bone or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, like, looking back at it, it's kind of a week. Uh, like, a Absolutely week way to, to miss a match. But he misses the match. So then... They say that the Honky Tonk Man is still going to wrestle. He's going to wrestle the number one contender, but they don't know who it is. I'm like, <laughs> how do you not know who the number one contender is? Yep, I don't know. Like, who is it? <laughs> so anyways, big mystery for later on in the show. Yes. All right. You wanted to talk about this next match a lot. Bad News Brown versus Ken Patera. Oh, my God. So, um, so we get Bad News Brown out. No music, of course. Ken Patera comes out to that terrible Olympic music. I don't know if it's overdubbed or not. I I feel like it is. So uh, I yeah, wonder what he it, came out it with. It was uh, I it was overdubbed. There was something else that he came out to then because they wouldn't have overdubbed it unless they had to. So I will I will go back and see if on the uh, DVD release it's anything else. Um, Ken Patera is fucking terrible. Like. This dude, I don't even know. I don't. I just don't get it. He's got the fucking worst packs. He's got the, like the Olympic tights, but he's all fate, and he's got the terrible perm job, and he's just one of. Like he comes in with his little Olympic jacket on. He looks terrible, and then essentially just gets beaten up by Bad News Brown. But it's all slow and plodding and not good. He looks like Richard uh, Simmons. Yeah, like a fat Richard Simmons. He, well, Richard Simmons wasn't always, you know, he was kind of a. Uh... He was pretty well. I mean, he wasn't. He was a I workout thought, dude. I mean, at one point he was quite, quite, quite large. Yeah, in his life, but you know. But yes, yeah. Patera is definitely fatter than Richard Simmons. But he's got the same yes. like that singlet is what Richard Simmons would wear. He's wearing no knee pads, which never helps. Yeah, it, it's awful. Um, they uh, then they're they're fucking beating on each other. Meanwhile, Gorilla and Superstar Graham are cracking wise about how they're not going to get into concussions from where they're sitting. <laughs> They're all just so not like, oh, we, we're up here. No concussions for us. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, after five minutes of the match, also, Ken Patera completely blown up. Oh, God. It's not even funny. He can barely move. He can barely move. He gets uh, full Nelson on bad news, but news gets to the ropes every time. Yep. Uh, they fuck up a turnbuckle spot really badly, and at this point, the fans really start to turn on the match. Yeah, like, 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 um... Patera goes into the buck, but like all slow, and it's almost like he's supposed to like kind of like catapult back out of the buck. Yeah, doesn't. No, and so and bad news. It's like a phantom bump. Oh, it's bad. And uh, finally, bad news just hits a ghetto blaster, and it's it's a terrible move anytime, but this one is really bad. They show us a slow motion replay too, and it's he doesn't even connect. Nope. And even if he did, how would that move hurt? Like it's not, it's not an enziguri. It it it's doesn't. It's not even a good kick to the back of the head. No, it's not. You know, wrestlers in uh, Stampede and like Storm and and Cyrus or two of them always talk up bad news as being so great. 
And I know yeah. he was older in WWF and, and kind of purposefully not like taking it easy, but he was fucking bad. He did not. That dude, at one point, he takes a like a back bump and it's like, it's like he was in whoop ass. <laughs> like, I, I just don't want to get hurt. It's like he's wrestling on, on the fucking grass and, you know, you don't want to take too hard of a bump on hard ground, right? Especially if it's like October. <laughs> but no, he just he took the slowest back bump I've ever seen. Yeah, I've I, I will concur with you on that. In in nineteen eighty eight in WWF you're not really seeing, you know, a bad news brown who's quite as uh you know, as good as he's been made out to be. Uh so then we get, as you mentioned earlier, one of many ads for Sugar Ray Leonard versus Donnie Lalonde. Uh notable for two reasons. One of which is that Vince McMahon helped produce it, which is why he's uh advertising it like crazy. Yes. And secondly, because Donnie Lalonde from Winnipeg. The Golden Boy. This was a big deal in Winnipeg in 1988. It was. This was one of the bigger fucking deals that I can remember. Um, that's, that's kind of a testament to, to what Winnipeg's all about. But and, uh, Donnie Lalonde, like of course. It was like a big fucking deal. Donnie Lalonde went into that match and lost. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, so then the Mega Powers, Hogan and Macho Man, cut this amazing promo. Oh, so good. And, my favorite part about the promo is they're gloating because they have a secret weapon. Yep. And I'm going to spoil it for you. The secret weapon is Elizabeth's panties. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> they're so confident uh, and happy because they know what their plan is. It's, Can you it's imagine? Hoax was like, all right, macho. Maybe she should show her panties, brother. <laughs> and then they agree and they're like they're so so smug about about their big surprise it's amazing i mean the first of all these these interviews are great because of the blue screen yes um it's 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 you know so the glue the blue glows around all their heads is tremendous um we get the handshake of course which is always a treat um liz blowing terrible kisses yes well listen listen i I was, you know, big fan of Miss Elizabeth, but my God, she couldn't act. Oh, she was no good. She looked so timid. She, even blowing a kiss looked like such a big feat of acting for her. <laughs> and she did it twice, too, because, like, she did the first one, and then she got all confident, so she did it again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I know she was never that great in WCW either, but she all kind of developed somewhat of a personality there for a little bit anyways. Yeah. Like, how would she have I, I if you had told me in eighty eight that she was gonna become a heel, it's just like heels need to act. Like how would she ever do that? <laughs> yep. Uh so we then get Rick Rude against Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog's last match uh on pay per view in WWF. Yep. Uh fat as ever. Uh, oh god. Uh so we get some grab them cakes, so that's nice. Yes, but we also get the fucking knockoff uh Rick Rude, like, you know. I know. The fucking what burlesque music that he comes out to, it's but they, terrible. Yeah, they have this. Yeah, they, they they for some reason on the network have overdubbed his music. Yes, uh, Rude. Has I did go to... back and check online and and on the original airing, and on subsequent releases uh, before the network, it was you know it was his uh, simply ravishing music. I don't understand it. They must have different teams working on different things, obviously, and so sometimes it just makes no sense. Sometimes this guy's music's overdubbed. Sometimes it's not. So in this case for Rick, Rick Rude, it's terrible music. So Rude's original tights, which he always has someone spray painted on them. Apparently, this was Pat Patterson's idea. Uh, That's right. 
And uh, he's got uh, Junkyard Dog on him. And the fucking picture on the back is so good. It's all like, you know, late 70s JYD. Yep. And that's that's awesome. So uh, they're wrestling. At some point, um, Rude is working over Junkyard Dog. He's hitting him in the head. And Superstar talks repeatedly about how you can't hurt Junkyard Dog's head. Meanwhile, uh, Rude is attacking Junkyard Dog's head. And Junkyard Dog is selling it. (laughs) Yep. It's like, well, dude... Like, pay attention to what's happening. <laughs> Look at your monitor. Uh, I then wrote, we get chin locks aplenty. Ugh. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who sing the praises of Rick Rude. And I know he didn't have a lot to work with here. But, you know, it's not one of my favorite workers of all time. It's not like he can take somebody and, and get a good match out of them. He, you know, he's only as good as the guy he's working with. Uh, so eventually what happens is Rude gets the advantage. He goes to the top rope. And he's going to do a top rope move. And he fucking pulls his tights down. And yep. he's got on his uh, under tights another another set of tights. But this time it's uh, Jake the Snake Roberts' wife, Cheryl Roberts. Spray yes, painted. So, so I guess a few months before this, there was an angle where Rick Rude, who would call out a lady from the crowd to fucking basically make make out with him in the ring after his match. We did talk about this at length on, on, on a podcast we did about WWF superstars. Yes, yeah, so he calls out Cheryl Roberts, who is uh, Jake Roberts' wife. He doesn't know it at the time, but she admits, she tells him who she is, and then Rude all, you know, disrespects her, and fucking Jake comes out, and they have this big brawl. To which I thought, and I thought this again later in this in this card when Jake is wrestling, why didn't they wrestle each other on SummerSlam? I don't know. Was it because their match at WrestleMania 4 was so terrible? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, but then they had the match at WrestleMania 4, then they shot the angle. I know! It's so weird. So it's like, and it's a hot angle, too, so why would you not yeah, put people, it? Yeah, people, people were into this. Like, and, do you recall the, do you recall ever being, like, at school, and they're like, oh, Jake, the, I mean, uh, Jake, Jake the Snake pulled down Rick Rude's pants and he was naked? Yes. Yes! They, that, they've shown that. No, but no, he was wearing. Well, was yeah, wearing he was panties. wearing. He was wearing panties, yes, but they had it but, censored. But at the rumor at school was that his 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 fucking wang was showing. <laughs> yes, of course on, it was on TV. Everybody saw Rick Rude's dong. Of course they did. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, Jake Roberts comes out and attacks Rick Rude, getting uh, and so JYD gets disqualified, and then uh, Junkyard Dog is frustrated, but you know Jake's like, "It's my fucking wife, brother," and uh, so they. Yeah. So they're they're all cool. I gave this match one star. Yeah, it was only interesting because Rick Root is kind of interesting. Uh, so we go backstage. Honky Tonk Man is doing an interview with me and Gene. And yes. they want to tell him who his opponent is. And he's like, I don't want to know. Because he's a cocky heel. He's had the IC title for a year and a half almost. Yeah, I know. Uh, so he's just kind of like, he doesn't want uh, me and Gene to tell him. So that he can be surprised because he's going to win. Yes. Regardless uh, of who it is. Uh, next match, the Bolsheviks versus Powers of Pain. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, the Bolsheviks. This shit? Bolsheviks, of course, Nikolai Volkov and, uh, Boris Zukov. Both terrible. Uh, the Powers of Pain come out with their fucking manager, the Baron. Which is <laughs> Baron Von Raschke wearing face paint under a, um, under a hood. Not a mask, literally wearing a hood the whole time. Yes. Uh, um... Their faces at this point, they have uh, their symbolific music. Yes. So if you if you are a connoisseur of wrestling music, this is the height of symbols in in a in a song uh, in in the eighties anyway. And uh, both teams are terrible. There's not a lot to say. I put powers of pain get the advantage. 
Warlord does a karate thrust in Nikolai, much to the glee of Superstar, of course. <laughs> he loves karate. Of course he does. <laughs> um, my favorite line in commentary, Gorilla, look at the size of the cranium on Boris. Superstar, you mean his head? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, I then put uh, Volkov is hideous, just punches and kicks and chokes. It never ends. Then in all caps, I wrote another chin lock. Yep. Uh, just a bunch of double team punishment on the warlord that he kind of sells but doesn't. Well, it's because it's the warlord. Uh, they do get. Uh, he finally gets a hot tag to barbarian, and the barbarian's comeback is fucking awesome. And the Bolshevik selling is really bad. Uh, eventually, but the barbarian looked fucking good in this match. He did. Which, which, I, I, I mean, you you just needed a tiny bit of skill, and you'd look like fucking Flair. I mean, honestly, right? of all four guys, the barbarian was by far the best worker of these four, right? It wasn't even close. Uh, and then Powers of Pain eventually win the match with a power slam and top rope headbutt combo. I gave this half a star. I didn't uh, understand. It's a dud for me. So you got the Baron, Baron von Raschke, everybody. So the Baron is their manager, and he's, you know, a former wrestler. He's a tough guy. And uh, the Slickster is the Bolsheviks manager, and the Slickster's all getting involved, but the Baron's all nowhere to be seen. No. I don't even know, like, because this Baron, Von Raschke, in WWF doesn't last for long at all. I don't even know what no. the point was. No, no idea. Like, why did they brought him in? Some kind of a rub? I don't really know. Like, did they bring him did in for, nothing. you know, like, what did they bring him in for? I don't know. It's always weird. You don't see those um, those those space managers don't get a lot of. They don't have a long shelf life. Like was it you know, just you think of the Baron or Humperdinck? Uh, let's see here. Uh, he had a brief stint in the World Wrestling Federation as a manager under the name the Baron, but was released shortly after his arrival. That's all they have to say. <laughs> so there well, you go. He did absolutely nothing. He looked uh, like a serious geek. So Baron von Raschke still still alive today. You know. I when he came out, he looked so old. He was forty-eight. <laughs> yep. Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So we get brother love. Brother love. Uh, for those who don't know, would you like to describe what brother love is? We've I think we've done it before, but say it again. Um, brother love is does interview segments. He is a. Uh, he's a televangelist, but he doesn't talk about God and Jesus. He talks about love and he has a red face and is fat, but he's actually a bad guy too. Like he, he, and he's, he's a bad guy. Absolutely. So he's a smarmy heel. Yeah. So he's, he's very, he's, you know, he's, he constantly tells people how much he loves them, but he clearly does not. Uh, so he brings out his guest and you must've been pleased with this hacksaw Jim Duggan. I thought I was going to fucking puke. I wrote, fuck this garbage. Uh, like, when... I don't mind brother love. Uh, if he's got, you know, somebody funny with him or somebody like that I want to see. And then, you know, there's kind of a little playoff and Brother Love's pretty terrible, but he's not the worst thing that I, that's ever been on, on my screen. But Hacksaw's right up there. Uh, Hacksaw, though, does have a great shirt. He's got a t-shirt. It's got a terrible cartoon drawing of Hacksaw with the two by four. Underneath it says Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And above, along the two by four, it says, Ho! Uh, Jim Duggan stands there. Brother Love is, is just talking shit to him. Jim Duggan stands there making faces and sticking his tongue out like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and crossing his eyes. Yeah. Eventually, Brother Love, after talking shit, uh, Jim Duggan gets mad and threatens to stick his two by four up Brother Love's ass. 
Uh, yep. he, he says where the sun don't shine. But, but you know. Uh, brother love flees. End of segment. Waste of time. Like, again, it, it's funny to watch brother love as a heel. Just mock and, you know, the, the face for a while. And then he gets chased off. But it was Hacksaw Jim Duggan and it did not care. Uh, another boxing commercial for Leonard. And then we get the Honky Tonk Man title defense. Ah, yes. Would you like to talk about what happens? Well, Honks comes out and, uh, you know, he's the greatest intercontinental champion. He wants to know whoever it is in the back to come out. And it's the ultimate warrior. Yes. And there is nothing about this that I like. Uh, well, wait, there's one thing that I like about this and that it's very short. But that guy comes into the ring and he just looks like such a fucking loser. <laughs> Dancing around, shaking the ropes like a fool, um, pumping and thrusting his hips. Um, he does a few moves, clotheslines. What, what I like about this, what I heard, is that all honky. What happens is, I, I can't remember exactly how long the match is. It's very short. Um, Ultimate Warrior gives him a big splash uh, to win. But usually, um, Ultimate Warrior would do a splash on the guy's back. But it's all hockey talk. Man, all didn't trust Warrior, so he made sure to take the pump on his when it like on his stomach so that he could absorb the blow and yep. know when it was because Ultimate Warrior is such a fucking <laughs> crazy man. Even in the thirty second squash, he's all out of control and terrible. Oh, it looks scary, man! Flailing all over, dancing in the ring with that guy, fucking jigging and fucking gyrating. Awful. Listen, back back in our backyard wrestling, there was a uh, there was a great dude, fucking Kyle, uh, Kamikaze. But when he was Doctor Helicopter that one time, <laughs> he was fucking spinning his arms like a wild man. I all got hit in the nose. I all started bleeding. It's all so un- uncontrollable and 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 you know not knowing what's coming next. That reminds me of what it would be like to be with Ultimate Warrior in the ring. Terrible. Uh, so I gave it a dud, but I said still historic. I mean, it was a big moment. Like that's one of those things that kids never forget, right? Well, they popped huge. It was a big. It was a big fucking deal. Because the idea was Honky Tonk Man is is was an undeserving IC champ who then held the belt for over a year. But yes. you know, he was known for like walking out on his matches or cheating or finding a way to to slime yep. ball his way out of matches. So when they got the belt off of him, it was a big deal. Yeah. All right. Uh, so now we have uh, this. This leads to the intermission of the show, um, yes. and so we go back up to a gorilla and um, Superstar. Superstar. Now, is it the Superstar shirt? Looks like he's got fucking Rick James on the front of it. It looks like Rick James on tie dye. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that makes no sense. So Bobby Heenan comes in uh, to the uh, you know upstairs, and Bobby Heenan does commentary sometimes with Gorilla, but of course he's uh, he's managing in the main event. And I got very excited because um, I want to have Bobby Heenan the whole rest of the night, but we didn't. But that's okay. So Bobby Heenan gives an update on the state of the Mega Bucks, and here's what he said. Yep. Andre is reading the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> DiBiase is counting money. And For Virgil and Virgil is. In the corner, enjoying it all. <laughs> so good. And I just love the idea that Virgil would stand there and I'll watch the other two guys and be so happy. Uh, I saw the greatest t-shirt, and I need one. It's a t-shirt that's just Virgil <laughs> wrestling superstar. Like that fucking 
the the image of him sitting in the booth with the, with the sign behind him. Yep. That says Virgil Wrestling Superstar, and he's all alone. <laughs> but it's just it's just the words like written the same as the banner. I have to get one of those. Poor Virgil. <laughs> Uh, the Mega Powers are scared, is what Bobby says. Gorilla, of course, yes. is disgusted. He doesn't believe this one bit. Well, Bobby says that that, that he tried to go that the, that the Mega Powers have barricaded their dressing room and are screaming and yelling and they're scared. Yes, I love heels. Uh, Morocco, a magnificent Morocco versus Dino Bravo. Uh, a rematch from WrestleMania Four. Magnificent Morocco's last match in uh, WWF uh, pay per view as well. That's right. Uh, Frenchie Martin is Dino Bravo's manager. He, you know, he's a heel because he has a sign that says USA is not okay. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Heenan does stay on for commentary during this match and it's immediately better. The Rock, uh, comes out to, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, but it is overdubbed some kind of gladiator type thing. And now at this point, um, the Superstar Billy Graham has, has taken on a mentorship for Don Morocco, who, I think he's been wrestling as long as uh, Superstar. <laughs> like he has, well, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the The Rock, of course, be, uh, became a face and wore a tie dye t shirt to the ring, like his mentor. Yes. Um. So the Superstar is obsessed with Dino Bravo and a bench press contest that uh, it happened well, in Royal Rumble. Well, be, the Bravo did. Uh, he set the bench press record unofficially. Uh, and of course, like not kayfabe, it's all worked. Yeah, at but, Royal Rumble '88, there was a significant uh, segment that was very long, where Dino Bravo was trying to set the new world bent pressing record, and of course, it was ridiculous. And um, you know, Jesse the Body clearly helped him, which was a great little storyline because it made for months of of Jesse the Body claiming that it was true and that he was just trying to, you know, he just used two two fingers. And he, he could he could tell exactly how much how much how much force he used. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe it was only maybe it was a pound less because of the force that he used. But anyway, um, so yeah, but yeah, superstar just can't get over it. And he says that you know Morocco and uh, Dino should have a bench press contest, which is something I would never watch. <laughs> uh, the, the match is terrible, just kicks and punches, and Bravo wins with a side suplex after the ref gets bumped, and Superstar is really upset. He's like, they should wrestle again with a real referee, brother. <laughs> uh, dud. Uh, two terrible wrestlers at this point. Uh, they then do an interview with Jesse Ventura, and he says... Uh, they, 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 uh, there's a segment which they'll show later where they're stuffing... Uh, the Mega Bucks are stuffing Jesse's pockets with money. Yes, and they're like, "Well, you've been paid off," and he's like, "If they want to put money in my pocket, what am I going to do? I'm going to fucking keep the money. I'm not stupid." <laughs> he's true. It's right. He's true. He's right. Uh, Heart Foundation versus Demolition for the tag titles. Yes. So the Heart Foundation at this point are just newly turned baby faces. Uh, I think though, because they were, they eventually had a nice baby face run, but the initial turn I don't think was all that spectacular. Mainly nope. because it was one of the cases where, so I hate this when they do a face turn, but the, the, it's not like the, the heel gets screwed over and therefore becomes a baby face. And I don't like that. Yes. Cause in this case, the hearts got screwed over by their manager, Jimmy Hart. So they became baby faces. It's not like they turned into like, usually what's a good face turn is when the heel all has a change of in his morality. Yeah, like, where it's like where it's like they they recognize something that's wrong, 
and they have to they have to right the wrong and thus people rally behind them. And in this case, they, they are faces. Yeah, so in this case, people still like the hearts because they didn't like demolition and because the hearts were getting cheered a lot leading up to the face turn. But yeah. it, again, it wasn't like they did something good in one point. They just got screwed over by their manager, so they were then good guys. Yep. Yeah. Essentially, uh, that's it. Uh, also, the hearts in this match don't get a ring entrance. Nope. Just uh, look like a, a couple of geeks. Yeah. Uh, Demolition comes out. They're wearing full kiss makeup at this point. Ugh. Uh, I'm so, not a big fan of Demolition. No, but this was a good match. It was a good match. They do have Jimmy Hart uh, in their corner along with Fuge. Yes. Um, Jimmy Hart is, of course, the former manager of the Hart Foundation who screwed them over with their contract. Uh, I don't know exactly how that ended up working out. I know that he gave a portion of their contract to the Rougeos at some point. I don't understand. Uh, so the Hearts get off to a hot start. Anvil then like eventually gets cut off, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna do the fucking selling. Like that's awful. By the way, I just yep. I just deleted my notes. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> fucking get them. How here did we go. You do that? Hold on here. Recently deleted. Let me uh, let me bring them up again. <laughs> Here we go. Got it. All right. What, uh, what an asshole. God. My fucking, my, on, on fucking notes on, uh, <laughs> on my iPhone. All right. Uh, here classic. we go. Ba- back to the match. Uh, so there is a hot tag to Brett, though, and the match is all kicks and punches from everyone at this point. But uh, eventually, Brett takes a, a great turnbuckle spot where he goes into the turnbuckle, but all shoulder first into the post. So good. So then. Bret Hart is getting his right arm worked over, and I thought that was interesting because usually wrestlers work on the on the left limb. Yeah. So they're working great. on his right arm, but then there's all a fucking tag from Demolition, and I forget which one. Axe or Smash comes in and all starts working the left arm, and everyone <laughs> just pretends it's the same arm. <laughs> Why not? Then they fucking turn back to the right arm again. Yeah. Uh, at one point... <laughs> Um, again, I think, you know, whatever, Axe, let's just say it's Axe, has <laughs> Brett on the mat, he's got his, he's got his foot on the shoulder, and he's holding on to Brett's arm, and Superstar's like, I know what he's gonna do, he's gonna lift Brett up and drive his shoulder into the mat, and then he all doesn't. <laughs> uh, eventually, oh, uh, Brett, uh, gets, uh, not, kind of gets his chance for the hot tag, because he clotheslines Axe with the bad arm and doesn't sell it. Yep. Uh, Anvil gets the hot tag and you know what Anvil who wasn't the greatest wrestler but is so fucking good at making the big comeback when he gets the hot tag and it's Anvil you know you're going to be entertained So he's fucking great at that he goes nuts he all fucking gets a slingshot over the top rope a fucking tope to the outside yeah he gets Hitman slingshots Anvil outside the ring yeah uh, he gives a, awesome. gives a big, big ass power slam for two and the crowd is fucking going crazy Oh, yeah. But eventually, uh, Fuji distracts the ref, and Brett gets hit with the megaphone, and Demolition wins. Yeah, it was, it was solid. It was, it was a, good, a good, good little tag match. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed their uh, 1990 matchup more, but this was, this was good. Uh, I gave it three stars. Yeah, I would concur on that. It may have been a side. Like, the two tag matches are the best two matches, I think, on the show. Absolutely. Another Sugar Ray versus Lalondad. Jesus Christ. Uh, we go backstage. Honky is pitching a oh, fit. Can, I, can oh. I just say something before we go on? Yep. Uh, what we haven't talked about is they're also running ads for Survivor Series. Yes. And um, I love the ads because, A, they're just uh, they're very simple. They're just a graphic 
of Survivor Series and Thanksgiving night, and it's superimposed on top of a image of the Silver Dome at WrestleMania three, <laughs> and it's like that's not going to be the crowd. No, and <laughs> WrestleMania three from a year and a half ago. Exactly. So I also enjoy when Gorilla earlier on, because what they do is they just they do like a little talking promo over top. Yeah, and. Gorilla references that you know once you're done once you're done with your turkey and your peanut butter pie, <laughs> yes. and I was like I didn't get it, but I looked it up and it's an actual thing. Really? So I thought I got this. This is going to be a great segment on the sleepover. I'm going to talk about peanut butter pie. Well, you fucking you <laughs> deliver it. It actually exists. So, sorry, um, everybody. I also like that when they did one of the Sugar Ray Lamond ads that Gorilla's like. I'm going to be there. And at first I was like, no, he won't. And then I thought about it and I was like, he probably will. <laughs> because McMahon produced it and Gorilla had stock in the company. He sure did. So he probably was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Honky Tonk manages backstage, pitching a fit over losing the title, surrounded by heels who uh, back away. Yep. Uh, then we have uh, Big Boss Man versus Coco Beware. Jesus Christ. So Big Boss Man is making his pay-per-view debut. He is uh, the fattest he'll be. Oh, he's massive. Yeah. Um, Superstar Graham says that the Boss Man is going to treat Coco like a prisoner who threw food in his face. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. Sure. Uh, Superstar is also very mad because the Boss Man has all his cop equipment on. He's He's wearing a badge and handcuffs. Which, you know, it's kind of a legitimate beef. But then he says he's going to take Jack Tunney's job. (laughs) And you know what? As much as I hate the superstar at this point, he would have been an upgrade over Jack Tunney. (laughs) Jack Tunney was the fucking worst. Uh, (laughs) So Boss Man is squashing Coco. And then he all goes to the top rope. And he misses the top rope move, but then no-sells it. (laughs) He he did the splash. But then just got up and he's smiling. Control splash and then he all gets up. But then he misses a splash in the corner, so Coco gets some offense. He hits a great missile dropkick. Well, Coco could throw a dropkick, that's for uh, sure. And a splash for two. But then Bossman cuts Coco off and wins with the Bossman slam. Yep. Then, I mean, a good, a good squash. After the match, Bossman hits Coco with his nightstick, and Gorilla claims that the nightstick weighs 25 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no fucking way. <laughs> Best nightstick ever. Uh, one star. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ultimate Warrior cuts the promo that you heard at the beginning of the show. (laughs) That is one of the worst fucking promos I've ever heard. His spaceship to Parts Unknown. It's like the dude, it's like Ultimate Warrior didn't understand what Parts Unknown was. You know what? I thought about that today. I was thinking about that. That, so Parts Unknown, that's when, back in the day, when you wanted some mystery around a wrestler, if you didn't know, you know, they would say this wrestler is from Venice Beach, California, or wherever. But if they didn't know where he was from... They would say he was from Parts Unknown. But I'd be a mysterious heel, usually. I think that Ultimate Warrior thought that Parts Unknown was a place. I think so, too. He all didn't get it. Yeah. So I'm going to take my spaceship back to Parts Unknown. That's how he ends the fucking promo. By the way, it's not unknown, then. He's from fucking space. (laughs) (laughs) So... All right. Uh, oh, that's so good. Hercules versus Jake the Snake Roberts. 
Again, why, right? <laughs> I, I didn't write very much about this. Oh, actually, I did. Pretty standard stuff. Jake has a long headlock on Hercules. All the commentators talk about are Jake and Rick Rude. So, again, I ask, yep. why didn't they just wrestle each other? Yep. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan is not at ringside with Hercules, and Gorilla and Superstar speculate on his whereabouts. Um, yep. All the while, Hercules is just has a reverse chin lock on Jake. This was a show full of chin locks. Oh, yeah. Uh, super Chinlock Slam 98. Uh, super Slam 98. Well. 88. <laughs> hey, what a burn. Uh, I couldn't Su- even do it right. Superstar keeps, Superstar keeps calling Jake the Snake Man. Uh, let's see here. Eventually, Jake snapmares Hercules over the top rope. Then Hercules next Jake on the top rope. Jake gets a big comeback, and uh, he's giving some jabs and some right hands. Short clothesline, calls for the DDT, but doesn't hit it, as usual. Yep. Uh, Hercules gets the heat again, but then out of nowhere, Jake hits the DDT for the win. I wrote, not bad, not good, two stars. It was what it was. You got to see the DDT, which is always a good thing. Uh, Jake puts Damien the Snake on Hercules. Of course. Uh, They do a great video hyping the main event. So good. Showing all the events leading up to it. So, uh, Macho Man... Doing an interview, and Andre confronts him, and Macho Man's on a platform, so DiBiase all hits him from behind and knocks him off the platform, and fucking Macho Man all splats on the concrete. So good. Uh, then he says, you know, a few weeks later, he's like, my partner, Hulk Hogan. And then yep. uh, a Brother Love segment, where Brother Love is uh, talking to Jesse about how he's scared of Andre. Yep. And then uh, DiBiase comes out and fills uh, Jesse's uh, pockets with money. So during this uh, during this whole package, you can kind of hear Howard Finkel in the background. Oh yeah, uh, at the arena. All right, and uh, kind of introducing wrestlers. So I wonder if there was some kind of a match going on during this uh, package of some kind. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, because at the start of the show, you hear them do the countdown behind uh, Gorilla and Superstar. That's right. They're doing the countdown to to, to going live on pay per view, which. They didn't end up doing. <laughs> they just they had Gorilla talking to, to Superstar up in the up in the up in the old skybox. Uh, I'm looking at production notes and it doesn't have anything about it. So it was maybe a not. Who knows? Maybe it was something else. Uh, anyway, Me- Mega Powers versus Mega Bucks. Uh, Jesse comes out. He's wearing his great leather jacket. Yep. And jeans, the fringe, and everything. Yep. Uh, Mega Bucks come out first. Uh, and uh, they have no music. And then the Mega Powers come out to Macho Man's music, but wearing Hogan's colors. Terrible. Well, of course. Fucking yellow. Uh, so right away, Jesse is great. He, it's uh, tremendous. Everyone's in the ring. He lays down the law. He sends the managers out. He's like, you out, and especially you to Elizabeth. <laughs> yep, so good. Uh, he tells everyone to respect the five count. And then he changes the tag ropes. <laughs> yep. And I think, honestly, I think... Like they were, it was either done like on purpose. I'm not sure, but they were, they put the tag ropes in the corners that they weren't in for other matches. Yeah. So they fucking, uh, they, yeah, Jesse switches the tag ropes for whatever it's reason. It's gotta be a work like to show, you know, Jesse's in control. Yeah. So Macho starts with Andre, who, uh, gets the advantage, but then tags out quickly. DiBiase comes in and asks for Hogs. Yep. Uh, that's a good way to, good way to push your champion. I know, right? Uh, Hogan and champion, I want, I want the big guy. And then he gets his ass handed to him. Yep. Uh, Hogan and Macho Man beat up on DiBiase, but then Jesse admonishes Hogan for being in the ring for too long for a double team. Yep. Uh, Hogan beats <laughs> up on DiBiase, but then goes after Andre and gets caught. 
So they get the heat on Hoag's. That's fantastic. Uh, Andre gives him some choke action. Uh, there's some double team action. DiBiase comes in and works him over. DiBiase, of course, for the heels, works most of the match because Andre at this point is just not moving. Nope. Um, let's see here. Oh, he's got almost still two years left of Giant in in, in the Federation so, on a regular basis. Jesus, I love how at one point, uh, DiBiase puts a rear chin lock, which we've seen all fucking night long, on yeah. Hogan, and Monsoon and Superstar insist that now it's a choke. Yep, apparently. They won't stop talking about it. They're like, it's a fucking choke. And it's like, it's the fucking same move. <laughs> it's a chin yeah. lock, guys. And I I, mean, I get it because it's clearly part of the match, right? They're trying to put Jesse over that he's not seeing what the heels are doing dastardly. Yep. But it's very clear it's a chin lock. Uh, so anyways, Hogan and DiBiase eventually do a double clothesline. Uh, Hogan gets the hot tag to Macho. DiBiase sells Macho's offense like a motherfucker. So good. Uh, Andre gets tagged in and beats on Macho again. Yep. Then at one point he picks up Macho, like clearly by the trunk. Superstar says he gets, he's picking him up by the throat. <laughs> Not even close. Oh. Uh, DiBiase works over Macho Man, so now they have the heat on Macho. Uh, Macho gets the hot tag to Hogan. Uh, they basically then are running wild, but the Mega Bucks get the advantage and dump the Mega Powers on the floor. Yep. So the Mega Bucks are in the ring. The Mega Powers are on the floor. For some reason, Heenan gets up on the apron, and then Elizabeth, and then Elizabeth gets up on the apron and like looking confused and kind of doesn't know what to do because she's the worst actress ever. (laughs) Yep. Like not looking sexy. Like I don't even know what she would like because she she waits for like a full minute before she does what she does. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I I think the heels are just like, all right, like let's fucking get on with it, you know. Yep. Uh, anyways, eventually, what she does is she takes her skirt off, and everybody in the ring is mesmerized by her red panties. <laughs> right? They really are. The look on DiBiase's face is amazing. Like that's the plan. Got, like the the jaw fucking drops, and he's like. He's just mesmerized. Now, this is 1988. So, if you lived through wrestling in the 90s, you know, you got tiny ass panties. And we're not, I'm not saying that Elizabeth had huge panties on. They were nice panties. Yeah. But they, they kind of look well, like, they kind of look like uh, the bottom of a bathing suit, right? Yes. That's exactly what they look like. Yes. Yes. So, meanwhile, Hogan and Macho are outside on the other side, all so proud. So, they all give the big handshake. <laughs> It's so fucking terrible. <laughs> They're all like, it's our secret weapon, brother. Her panties are out, brother. Handshake. handshake. Yeah, and, and for those listening, I mean, you, you just type in Mega Powers handshake, and you'll <laughs> see what we're talking about. They would do that all the time, and it was amazing. I also love the idea that Hogan, I mean, they didn't, in storyline, it wasn't true, but it's all Hogan's like, here, your wife's panties, brother. Woo. <laughs> uh, so they get in, and it's very fast. Um... Andre gets nailed by Macho, who fucking falls over the top rope. Yeah. Uh, big elbow drop uh, on DiBiase, followed by the leg drop for the pin. Uh, Jesse, though, of course, counts one, two, and then is all hesitant to count the third uh, count. So Macho Man all forces his arm down for the third count. And you know what that should have been? A, a disqualification. <laughs> it should have been. Your hands on the referee. It should have been. Yes, he should have disqualified Macho Man. That would have been amazing. But I, I do like the idea, though, that uh, it saves face for Jesse because, you know, he's a bad guy. And he took yeah. the money and he didn't want to count the pin, but kind of, like, just had to live with it. Exactly. Uh, so then 
<laughs> I wrote... Well, I didn't write this properly. So I wanted to write about how Hulk Hogan all gives a big hug right away to Elizabeth. Yeah. And you get just a little bit of fucking jealous eyes from Macho Man. What I it's wrote... Great. What I wrote was, the luster gives a big hug to Hogs. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... You, uh, you meant, what you meant was the luster gives a big hug to Liz. Yep. Lust Hogan. Uh, go back and listen to our uh, episode on WrestleMania 5. Yep. It's on Mixed Cloud. Um, it's from, what, a year and a half ago. Uh, it's great. Um, we talk at length about the Mega Powers exploding and Hogan being lustful, having lust in his eyes and in his heart, brother. <laughs> so, but I do love how they'd have that small moment where he all hugs Elizabeth right away and Macho Man. You can, like, I remember watching this when I was a kid. And I even noticed, like, first of all, I didn't really notice Macho Man, but I was like, I was like, that's not right. Nope. Like, it was kind of weird. I was like, that's yeah. Macho Man's, like, manager. And, I, you know, it wasn't established that she's his girlfriend in storyline. But you're yeah. kind of like, what? Like, Hogan, what's he doing? Yep. So they do a little totally bit. Totally agree. But then they're, you know, they're friends and Hogan's music plays and him and Macho pose for the crowd. That's right. And uh, show ends. Hogan, Hogan has to pose at the end of the show. I gave that two stars. Uh, it wasn't terrible. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it was. And the crowd was. Crowd was into everything at the show. Yeah, it was a good crowd on this on this evening in 1988. Uh, also, by the way, uh, Li- Elizabeth this whole time parading around in her red panties, and then Hogan all picks up her fucking skirt and throws it into the crowd. <laughs> he all gives away her clothes. Uh, so anyways, SummerSlam 1988, the first one. Uh, overall, kind of a bad show. Historic and bad. Like, wrestling yeah, was I bad. Uh, Storylines weren't awful. It's just a bunch of matches. I-, I will say the tag team matches were good. Like, all of them, including the last one. Yep. Uh, the Warrior defeating Honky is terrible, but historic. Yep. And um, that's a it. A lot of filler. A lot of filler. And superstar Billy Graham brings it down an absolute notch. Oh, he's terrible. You had Jesse on commentary. This would be kind of a a, a bit of a raucous pay-per-view. I I would agree. But but it's not because he's not. Next time we'll have to to review something he's on so we can enjoy his quotes. Uh, So anyways, that is our review. And next week, uh, we're going to do what we said we were going to do this week. Yes. (laughs) Which is uh, talk about music videos. Yes. I still have not even given any feedback on any that i'd like to talk about so i apologize well there is a to get my act together there is a twitter dm thread and we're hopefully bringing on a guest and uh a very special guest it'll be great yeah and we're going to talk about some music videos that uh are interesting and hopefully we will do it as a reoccurring thing we'll see how the first show goes and yeah, uh, uh, yeah i'm kind of interested here my problem is, is i didn't uh i never i didn't watch a lot of music videos in my day so i'm trying to find things that i would uh enjoy watching and that would be fun to talk about they will mostly be bad videos i assume oh that's the point uh (laughs) so anyways uh until then this is our 100th episode a historic one on the sleepover yes that we didn't really talk about so (laughs) good because it's the sleepover like it's not it's not uh, it's not like there's a lot to talk about it's not like the Uh, it's not like it's our 25th episode where we did celebrate that was that was a big one that was that was a big one and uh you know, we keep our celebrations to, uh, you know, uh, the, the the bare minimum. So I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. SummerSlam 1988. Uh, check it out if you want. Liz's panties. 
Let's just that's, pantheist. Uh, that's all we gotta say. Go to at Mezzanine Sleepover for more uh, on Twitter from us, and go to uh, iTunes and download and give us a one or five star rating and nothing in between. Go to Mixcloud and type in The Mezzanine Sleepover if you want to hear our back catalog. All our shows are there. You can listen to them while sitting at your computer. Yes! You can... You, I, I don't even think you can fucking download them. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, I am at <laughs> Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. At Megamix.com. We'll see you next week. Ready? Go! Go!